1: My job in my marriage is to love. Like I said in my vows, it's not about being loved. See, the lie is that I need to find someone who will love me. And I think so many couples enter into their marriage and go through their relationship over the years believing that I've got to keep
2: figuring out how to get her to love me. That's Dr. Greg Smalley identifying a pretty common challenge in marriage today. What is true love? What does it look like? And how can you experience it in your own relationship? That's our topic today on Focus on the Family, and it's especially relevant as we're uh, right on the eve of Valentine's Day. Thanks for joining us. I'm John Fuller, and your host is Focus president, Jim Daly. John, I'm sure most couples, when they get
3: married, uh, they're in deep love, maybe mixed with a little infatuation. And then over the years, that infatuation might wear off, like the second, third argument over where you squeeze the toothpaste or whatever it might be, something is going to throw a roadblock up to say, man, did I marry the right person? Somewhere down the line. Now, there are a handful of people, and I know you're listening, because you'll write or get in touch with us to say, my husband and I, we have never had an argument. God bless you. That's amazing. Um, I don't think it's typical of most couples, though. And over time, that initial passion and undying love can begin to diminish. It's just... Potentially a fact of life. And before long, one spouse or the other is beginning to wonder
2: where did our love go? What do we need to do to get that back? Mm. Today, we're going to help you find it. Right. What you're describing, Jim, uh, really points back to the struggle that Greg was sharing in that clip, Uh, Greg Smalley. uh, (laughs) So many men and women get the wrong idea about love and marriage, and we think, oh, it's about you making me happy, which is, of course, not the idea. (laughs) It's
3: it's funny to even hear that because it sounds so self-centered, right? Your job is to make me happy. Are we got it? We got it straight? Yeah, it it all works fine. It all works well. (laughs) Well, listen, we're going to cover a lot of the right stuff today when it comes to making your marriage healthier than it may be today. Mm -hmm. And let me remind you, this is why Focus on the Family is here, to be that resource center for you. I've described Focus before as just this huge treasure trove of resources to help you in your marriage, your parenting, and so many other things. So lean in
2: today. Uh, Let's grow together in our relationship with our spouse. Mm -hmm. Dr. Greg Smalley and his wife Erin do a lot of speaking, writing, and counseling, and uh, they uh, together head up our marriage team here at the ministry, and we're so glad to have them in the studio with us. They've written a wonderful book. It's called Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage, 12 Secrets for a Lifelong Romance. Get your copy today when you give us a call, 800, the letter A in the word family, or stop by focusonthefamily.ca for all the details. Greg and Aaron,
3: welcome back to the studio. You're just down the hall, so it's not a long journey for
0: you. It was a very long commute today. Well, I got let's lost. Let's not talk about that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> going, that was a long drive then.
0: Well, we drove together. Oh, is so, that the
3: problem? Yes. It was especially long. <laughs> well, let's start with that. What happened yeah. this morning yeah. that made the drive so long?
0: It was actually really fun to come together. Oh, that's yes. great. But
1: we're not one of those couples that you mentioned who've never had conflict. So <laughs> that... <laughs> you say that with a big smile yeah, on your face. That ended, oh, probably four days into our marriage. Well, I
3: know that story. It is kind of amazing. You guys seem to uh, embrace conflict after you learned the benefit of conflict. Maybe we should just start there. Um, Is there a benefit to conflict?
0: Yeah, I think there's an opportunity. When couples walk through conflict in a healthy way, often when we hear the word conflict, we think of combat. And yeah, so true. healthy conflict is there's a possibility that you can grow and learn about yourself, about your spouse, and even about your relationship. And as my father-in-law always said, it's the doorway to intimacy.
1: That's good. It's my father, and I curse him for, <laughs> yes.
3: Coming dad, all your these... dad, Gary Smalley, comes up a lot, doesn't he? <laughs> exactly. He was the marriage guru yeah. back in the 80s and 90s, and yeah, what a great man. So sorry for that
1: loss. Yeah, he passed m- away how many years ago now? Uh, about six. Yeah, yeah And I mean, Aaron frequently quotes his
3: <laughs> best lines. I can't imagine being married in that me. kind of family. Well, your dad used to say, don't <laughs> exactly. listen to me. <laughs> listen to your father. Let's start Thank with uh, commitment. Uh, that's, I think, in line with your Romance Secret number 1 of the 12 Secrets. So talking about commitment, Uh, I understand your commitment to each other was tested, as you said, pretty early. Is this the day four story? Is this yet another test of
1: commitment? This was day four. Okay, so what happened? Yeah, so on our honeymoon, one of the things... That, that I always was happens very on their <laughs> excited about, so it it became a, a huge expectation of mine. So when we talk about unrealistic expectations, this is a great example. So we, there there was a particular hike that I really wanted us to go on to a waterfall, and, and you're we, in Hawaii. We're in Hawaii, so nice we, choice. Yeah. So when we get to the waterfall, we're going to play around and have this amazing moment as this brand new married couple, and so each day. I would wake up and go, Aaron, let's go hiking, let's go to the waterfall." And there was always something else that she wanted to do. So literally the last day before we returned home, I kind of went, "You know, this this was important to me. C- could we do this?" Fine. So we Wait set Wait a out. second.
3: I want to <laughs> Did you really say it like that? I didn't. Fine. I didn't say it like that. Jane Jane I think would it was say, more like that one. No, I think she
0: said, "Well, your dad
3: wouldn't want to go on <laughs> yes. this."
1: Okay. <laughs> okay, so back to reality. It
3: was and fine. Yes, sure, let's so go.
0: So, off we went yeah. and we got to this waterfall and Greg ran and jumped in and I didn't for a very important reason. It said no swimming. Ah.
1: Yeah. And so th- this was it like it took us long enough to get to this place that this is our one and only shot. And so I'm thinking, how oh, who cares? We're we're in the middle of nowhere. No one else is around. I'm like, just come on in, it'll be fine so that I'm trying to do everything I can to coax her into the water. She wouldn't do it. We start arguing. It escalates to the point that I say to my bride of four, <laughs> <laughs> of four days, fine, if this is how you're gonna be, then this honeymoon is ruined for me. Oh my goodness. That's dramatic. Yes. yes. <laughs> which should go on everybody's list of what not to say. Correct. On your honeymoon. <laughs> and so as you can imagine, we were totally That's disconnected. did everything work out that night um yeah let's well, leave that for later no yeah so we ended up in a little luau that yeah, was our we last had adventure
0: and needed to go to use the tickets but we weren't speaking so this that the was luau? yes oh, wow. we yeah. weren't speaking at okay. the luau but we were sitting by each other
1: yeah so we're kind of stuffed in she's not talking and i started thinking this is probably isn't going to work out for me tonight <laughs> when she's not talking to you know, me day four you still have some ideas right. of what you want to exactly happen. and so i'm thinking man, i got to repair this thing and so I just, I, I, we were literally like sardines, all these people. And so I kind of pried my arm out just to put around her, just to test, you know, you, you're trying sure. to figure out how in trouble am I really And she didn't acknowledge me at all. And, and so I, I, I then started gently rubbing her shoulder thinking, well, surely she'll see that I'm being sensitive and caring, no reaction. So I kind of lean in to say something to her. And my eyes hit the eyes of the woman sitting next to Aaron on the other side. Somehow, because we were all jammed in there, their shoulders overlapped. I had been rubbing this woman's <laughs> shoulder. I kid you a not, a complete
0: stranger. Okay, yeah. this is going deeper uh, and yeah. deeper. Yes.
1: So that would be strike two. Um,
0: <laughs> but ironically, I became friends with those two ladies, and we oh, still get funny. Christmas cards from them. Truly, yeah, there's yes. always a
1: PS at the bottom, Greg. <laughs> yes. Whenever you're you had tired of you the there, and... you know, to uh, yeah. to make that mistake. Yeah, but but I tell you what what hit me though is it applies to commitment is that it it rattled me that four days into our marriage we ended up in this huge fight. So we, we didn't talk to each other that whole afternoon into the luau and it made me go, Wait, this isn't the way it's supposed to work. Mm-hmm. Is there something wrong with her? That was my first guess. There has to <laughs> be something wrong with her.
3: Well,
0: I was already wondering what was wrong right. with you, rubbing the woman's <laughs> shoulder, sitting next I to me. I think Aaron had very more caring of a case yes.
1: for who's at fault here. True,
3: I
0: agree. <laughs> Looking back,
1: yeah, but it it hit me in a way that it 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 caused some. Just some distance between us as we both try to figure out this shouldn't be happening. So obviously there's something wrong with us, with our marriage. Yes. Something mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. going on versus what I've now learned in those moments, how important it is to let her know that, hey, I'm with you. I, I know we're in disharmony. I know that we see things differently. I'm sorry for rubbing the woman's shoulder next to you. <laughs> Are
3: you still in counseling? For <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But she I'm, is. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but to let her know I'm, I'm with you to the end. In in looking back, when I think of commitment, as mm-hmm. Aaron and I talk about this, I think the the most important part of commitment, like I wish someone had told me this. Like where was my dad, the marriage guru, with this advice?
3: Oh, is, I think he was letting you learn your yeah, way. That's true. That's fair. That's what I think.
1: But it, but what I wish I would have learned is how important grit is, as it applies to. Commitment.
3: Well, one of the things I wanted to ask you because you mentioned it in the book, and I I read this book as a business book, ironically, but uh, <laughs> Sun Tzu's uh, Art of War. Yeah, you know, we did it in the in a business environment, you know, and uh, there's so many of those principles that you can not apply. But I was a little shocked to see you use it in a marriage context. You wouldn't so how the, the art of wars, war would... <laughs> uh, the art of war apply to marriage?
1: Yeah, he he had a a great philosophy that that when they were marching into battle. He would actually have people go back and burn supplies, burn bridges, burn anything that would allow his troops to retreat. Mm -hmm. Because retreat is easy when it's an option. And that's the idea about commitment is that I want Aaron to know our only option is to move forward together. Divorce isn't an option. And so let's move forward, which means that we've got to figure certain stuff out, and, and that that creates that grit mm-hmm. in, in our marriage. Grit means that I will do anything necessary, whatever I need to do to keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. Then, then I'm going to do that. Yeah. And this grit really showed up a few years ago when our daughter, our oldest daughter, went through a divorce. Mm-hmm. And and what it did for me is it caused me to go, man. What are what are some of those blind spots? You know, this was 28 years into our own marriage. Mm-hmm. Started thinking, what what am I doing that's causing harm to Aaron, to me, to our marriage that I'm not even aware of? Just our daughter's circumstances, this just came out of nowhere, this divorce. Mm-hmm. And and that's how it hit me. And I went through a season to where I, mean, I jumped into counseling. I started meeting with this fantastic counselor, Christian counselor here in Colorado Springs and just said, He was like, why are you here? I went, I don't know, but I want to know that there aren't some things that I'm not dealing with that's going to injure my marriage, Mm -hmm. and and did that for a solid year, just working on stuff, and we figured some stuff out.
3: Yeah, and the thing that's critical there that is most important for people to hear is you talk in the book about your faith commitment being the foundation, that there's going to be a lot of swirl, there's going to be a lot of tribulation that pops up in your marriage, and... If you can have that commitment to the Lord first, that will give you the foundation for commitment to each other. I really appreciate that because I feel like Gene and I have shared that. Yeah. Uh, speak to
0: that. Mm-hmm. There's something so powerful um, when a couple goes before God together. A that infuses your relationship with unity, and you know you're seeking the same morals, the same values. You're attending a, a body of faith together, and that's creating a, a village of like-minded people to surround you, um, to fight for your marriage with you. And it's so important to have that. And I know there's actual research that Brad Wilcox looked at, and he looked at the number one indicator for those that will have the lowest divorce rate are religious couples that marry in their 20s that haven't cohabitated, and they share a deep faith. Yeah lowest divorce rate
1: yeah that's good
0: so it's that's he has a huge impact on a relationship
1: yeah. yeah but this this was painful though in in our marriage when we started off because i had this i had a dad who was a spiritual giant and, and it was super intimidating for me i'd i'd get up often in the morning and find him in his chair like on his knees with his bible in front of him and believe that those were the kind of things that would then define me as a spiritual leader in our family. And I just wasn't measuring up at all. Mm. And I began to really shut down. And, and there were times I didn't want to go to church. I didn't want to pray with Aaron. And here's a new bride. She's going, man, I long for this between the two of us. And yet it wasn't happening. Looking back, it was. I, I felt so intimidated that that I couldn't do it the way he did it. I remember one time sitting, he and I, so he would teach marriage seminars. I'd go with him. I'd, I actually worked at his book table. So I'd be selling books. <laughs> Sounds like you may have missed some of the content. <laughs> well, because I was out in the lobby. He didn't let me come in to hear the good content. And so we were just over dinner one time, and he goes, Hey, how are things going between you and Aaron? I was like, Ah, fine you know, now that we got the whole, you know, conflict on our honeymoon straightened out and that woman's leaving me alone now that I was rubbing her shoulder. And and I said, yeah, things are fine. He goes, you know, how are you guys doing spiritually? I'm like, I I mean, I I get, you know, and I said, well, you know what, honestly, I said, it's not going well and it's your fault. (laughs) And and he kind of went like thinking I was joking. He's looking at me like, wait, you being serious? And I said, dad, I just, man, I can't, I can't do what you do. And I feel so much pressure. And I just don't know how to do that. And, and it was one of those odd moments that, that he literally comes up from his side of the table, kind of scoots me over, scoots in next to me. It just gets right in my face. Like I'm thinking, man, he's going to yell at like, what's going on? And he goes, son, he goes, let me tell you the spiritual man that I see when I look at you, when I watch you. I was like, what? And he started to go through, listen, I watch mm-hmm. you provide for your family, for your wife and, and your young daughter, you know, because we, we had our daughter on our second wedding anniversary. And he goes, I watch you protect them. I watch you, you know, when there's a problem, you guys work it through, you're committed. me you just start to list all these things that I never would have thought defined spiritual leadership and, and, I, and I broke down and I, I, I'm i just crying at a Denny's <laughs> or wherever we were, you know, over some whatever. And it was such a powerful moment for me because it redefined that's my yeah, that's own powerful. expectations that's of what mm-hmm. this should look like mm-hmm. in our relationship. That's yeah,
2: good. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment.
1: Do you wake up and think of all the ways the day could go wrong? Does a list of worst-case scenarios play on a loop in your head? Can the littlest thing set off a spiral of what-ifs? Focus on the Family Canada has created a free PDF booklet filled with professional advice, biblical insights, and follow-up resource suggestions to help you better understand and navigate anxiety in your life. Download your free PDF booklet at focusonthefamily.ca anxietypdf. That's focusonthefamily.ca slash anxietypdf.
0: John Avery Whitaker is an incredible guy, but have you ever wondered what makes wit, wit? Find out in the new Young Wit book series from Focus on the Family. In book number one, nine-year-old John Avery Whitaker moves to a new town, makes new friends, faces a new bully, and solves a 70-year-old mystery. Young Wit and the Trader's Treasure is available at focusonthefamily.ca. That's shop.focusonthefamily.ca.
2: Today's media culture can sometimes send confusing messages to our children. That's why Focus on the Family Canada offers tools like PluggedIn.ca to keep parents informed about today's popular entertainment choices. Each month, PluggedIn.ca is visited close to 1 million times by people looking for detailed information on popular music, movies, TV, and more. Entertainment ratings only tell you so much. We go deeper, diving into specific content and the meaning behind it. Visit us online at pluggedin.ca. Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. Let me move it to uh, that
3: inevitable conflict, which, again, I think 98% of couples are going to. I'm always going to leave that door open for the 2% that we never have conflict. Have you ever heard that before? Um
1: I, I get that that some people their style yeah. of relating is yeah. very agreeable and they yeah. they work through their differences. So the question is are they saying they just don't have difference of agreement or difference of opinion? Well,
0: and couples handle conflict differently. Some, right. you know, they're fighters and they are both fighters and it's loud and gregarious. Some are both withdrawers and it's real quiet. Right. But the tension is there. It's just inside.
3: So let's get back to the fighter, the two of you. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Which I think you are the fighter type. We are. So in that context, um, conflict does have a benefit uh, that does help husbands and wives. Mm-hmm. Draw closer together, which mm-hmm. is an unsettling formula for some people. Yeah. So, how does that work? Uh, kind of take us through that how conflict can actually help us become stronger and closer.
1: Well, we could tell you a real recent conflict that we went We always through. love the most recent conflict example. <laughs> when Erin bought a new chair for her office and just simply <laughs> needed my help in moving that chair into her office. Well
0: my favorite thing is that this chair sat in the middle of the hallway for like 2 weeks. And I was like does no one else see that there is a big chair like blocking the hallway? People are just walking around it I and I'm like wasn't
1: questioning her design feature. I just thought it was odd but search chair. <laughs> So you remember early in the morning. Yeah,
0: I I asked Greg, hey, can you just help me move that chair into my office? But we had to lift it and kind of hoist it over the desk. So I couldn't do it alone. I needed help. And so we began doing that, and it just didn't go so well. It's
1: not working. And so I'm getting frustrated just if I say to her, listen, lift with your legs. we got to get this thing up and over. There's supposed to be one big chair. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm
0: a nurse. I know to lift with my legs. I was trained in proper body mechanics.
1: (laughs) So she snaps at me, and I I take offense at that going, I'm the one giving of my time (laughs) sacrificially, and now you're snapping at me. So I just said, don't yell at me. And she goes, just help me. Because she was also late to see some Well, clients. what he didn't
0: know is I had received a text right before he came downstairs and was like, hey, I'm, let's move the chair. I've received a text that there was a couple waiting in the waiting room at my counseling practice. And I needed to, to like speed this along. And so the we had, I didn't have time for conflict in the middle of moving the chair.
3: Sounds like you didn't have time to move the chair. <laughs> yes, Probably. Just an observation. Yes, <laughs> yes, Maybe we could do this later tonight. <laughs> yes. Could we yes. have Jim? Well, thanks for joining us for I'm this podcast. I'm not uh... picking on Aaron,
1: but, you know, prioritization. <laughs> so she snaps at me, I say something to her, and then finally, in my mind, I'm so right and so wronged by her that I just simply <laughs> – Let go of the chair and it kind of crashes to the ground. And I say, Good luck. And I walk out of our office. Mm -hmm.
0: Exactly. I agree.
1: Not, Mm -hmm. but I'm telling you that we do that when we get into these arguments and our heart shuts down. Now we're reacting. So I was simply reacting. But in my mind, I'm thinking, Man, I was being nice and offering my muscles and professional two point yeah, services yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see my reaction would be to grab the chair and
3: take it out of Gene's hands and put it on the other side of the desk I mean, it was and like then say pounds, see, though, I can do it though. yeah,
1: at least 500 pounds okay.
3: so, so was, he drops the, the chair,
0: chair. I've got to go like I'm late and so I'm driving to the counseling center to see this couple that's waiting and I start thinking like I really don't feel comfortable going and working with another couple when I'm in total conflict <laughs> no. and disunity with my own husband. This is the
3: real truth about counselors. <laughs> exactly. So
0: I get to the office and I'm like, so I, I start texting Greg. I'm so sorry. I don't. I didn't tell you that there was a couple waiting, and I was just a little stressed. And you know, I'm I'm really sorry for how I influenced that interaction.
1: And I'm it- reading this text, going, uh huh, yeah, exactly, right. Ooh. It's and this i'm expecting like she, a
0: nice little it's okay it you know we'll fault. talk about it when we get home i shouldn't have dropped the chair i didn't get that
1: i i'm sure i said something like thank you for owning You know, the fact that we were in conflict because you chose to. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) this is funny. Yeah. So it's a great illustration of Mm -hmm. how Mm -hmm. pride Mm -hmm. can manifest itself. Now, one of the things in the book, uh, when you're
3: talking about this romance secret number four, which we're on, not that we're naming or listing each one, but this is that idea of true love Mm -hmm. fights for peace. You differentiate between combat and negotiation. So you're kind of describing that, I think, now. But yeah. why should when, we avoid combat? What is yeah. it and why avoid it? And then what's negotiation look like?
1: Yeah. I mean, combat would be a good example of dropping a chair when you're in <laughs> reacting. I mean, okay. it's the reactions that we do when we withdraw or we we start criticizing know we get angry it's it's that's the kind of stuff that we want to that's combat
0: well and it's really it leads to pride yeah and pride leads to conflict is what it says in scripture and so it's when we get triggered and our hearts close that we end up prideful
1: well and I, i love philippians 2 3 so it says do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit that's just how pride manifests itself in, during arguments, especially the vain conceit. Vain conceit means we're excessively proud of our own opinion. And sitting there, when I got the text, I was I was excessively proud of how I thought she had wronged me and how that if mm-hmm. she hadn't done this or that. But all that, that's the combat stuff because we're we're shut down. So take the chair
3: analogy or story yeah, all yeah. the way through. So did yeah. you come back that night and – how did you work it out? Yeah,
1: so as I literally sat there, you know, thinking how wronged I was, and and just I I did pray and say, God, I man, I'm feeling totally shut down. Like, give me your perspective. I, instantly, I felt totally humbled. I felt the conviction that that he brings, which is great. He needs to convict me, not Aaron. And so then I texted her going, actually, you know what, I played a big part of this, and I shouldn't have treated you this way. I shouldn't have dropped the chair. That was basically an adult throwing a temper tantrum. That's on me. When you get home tonight, let's talk through this. So when she did come home, because that's the opportunity. That's what we're arguing Mm -hmm. for, that that if we can go circle back. Like, Erin and I have learned to do this by saying – we'll even say to each other after some weird interaction, is there anything we need to repair? Like, do I need to repair something? And A lot of times she'll go, ah, I'm good. Or in this case, she went, yeah, that didn't feel good at all. Let's talk that through.
0: But it's amazing when someone comes to you with a humble heart, how more likely you are to lean in. And so when Greg was like, yeah, I shouldn't have dropped that chair. I'm so sorry. The humbleness. I was like, oh my word! It just drew me towards him, and just to you know, just the openness. Well, let me ask you, what was brings. that like? How yeah. did that feel? And you cared. Yeah. you took she time like, just to just, listen I felt and care.
1: Disrespected? Huh. Oh, mm-hmm. well, that, yeah, that makes sense. That was very well, disrespectful. She broke the glass covering my back. <laughs> exactly. What are you I thinking? I need a new chair in the desk now. <laughs> and so it, it. What I've learned is that the. I think the worst phrase that we use around conflict is conflict resolution. It's such a bad phrase because it implies somehow we've got to find a solution, Mm -hmm. which what we're finding most of the time, we just need to circle back and repair by just caring Mm -hmm. about how the other person felt.
0: But the truth is, Dr. John Gottman says that 70% of conflict is perpetual. So it's things that aren't going to change. Like Greg is an introvert. I'm an extrovert. He's a morning person. I'm a night person we're not gonna wake up and like all of a sudden be different. We have to learn how to manage it. And so really you're saying conflict resolution Isn't really the word, it's conflict management. How do we manage our differences? I'm
3: shocked you're a night person given you've had children. (laughs) That turned Gene into (laughs) an instant morning person. Yeah. Well, listen, (laughs) we have gotten off to a good start, but we have got to wrap up and we want to come back next time. And we really have just scratched the surface and we're going to come back if you guys are willing to to. walk down the hall. As long as you don't uh, yell at me like my dad would. Yeah, we'll come back and we'll cover (laughs) some more of this great book. Uh, crazy little thing called marriage and we'll talk about some more of those principles you've laid out and let me recommend to you the listener the viewer man you can tell the content's coming from the heart with Greg and Aaron there's no fluff here it's all out there and exposed which I so appreciate and it's probably probably For many of you, it's things that you're experiencing too. So this will be directly applicable. Get in touch with us, a crazy little thing called Marriage, a great resource for you and your spouse, and order that directly through Focus on the Family Canada. And when you do all the proceeds, go right back
2: into ministry helping families throughout Canada. Donate as you can, um, and our number is 800, the letter A in the word family, 800-232-6459, or you can donate and find more about this great resource, Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage, at focusonthefamily.ca. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller, inviting you back as we continue the conversation with the smallies next time and help you and your family thrive in Christ.